Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. But let's just start off there, Adam, with these first couple of games. Obviously, we expect most of them to be losses, but I feel like some of the things that that maybe were concerns with the Eric Gordon trade or some of the things that we could anticipate that they would be missing without Eric Gordon it feels like they're missing immediately. Like he's an extra ball handler. He's their best three-point shooter. Uh, he's one of their better defenders or was one of their better defenders. This isn't a team that's going anywhere, but were you already able to tell and see the pitfalls of the Eric Gordon trade just in the first couple of games without him? Uh, it's hard to it's hard to say because – listen – they are a worse team without Eric Gordon. I think that that is a given. I mean, he is their best. He was their best two-way player. Uh, he is probably their best and most consistent offensive player. He helps them do so many different things on the floor just because he's very steady. And I, I remember be- uh, last year before the deadline talking to somebody in their front office, and this was when it looked like they might trade Eric Gordon then. And they said, well, you know, the one thing that we notice is that when something happens with one of our young players, Eric is almost always involved. And so again, you kind of see just how they use, they would use him almost as like a crutch because if something broke down, he was there to help out and now you lose that and you don't replace that with really anyone. I mean, you look at how their lineups look, they have slid, especially without Kevin Porter Jr. It's been Jay Sean Tate uh, filling his spot in the starting lineup. And then you've got a bunch of guys who are, very young, very inexperienced, and frankly, right now, not very good taking up those minutes. That's a huge, huge loss. And so it should not be a surprise that they have looked really bad offensively of these two games. I mean, they've got a 102 uh, offensive rating uh, over the last two games. So that's against good teams. Miami is a good defense, and uh, Philly is a very good defense as well. So I, it should not be a surprise that they've struggled, but this is what you're going to see. And the big thing, you mentioned it, the three-point shooting. They have been a terrible three-point shooting team, especially since Kevin Porter Jr. has has uh, been out of the lineup. But you see now, without Gordon, A, they don't have somebody who takes those shots, and B, they don't really have anyone who can generate those shots. And you look last night against Philly, I think they started out the game 0 for 11 or something like that from three, but what stood out is that they they make their first three, so they, they're one for 11, one for 12, whatever it is, but this is with less than four minutes to go in the third quarter. I mean, they are going 
more than three, uh, more than two and a half quarters, and they're only taking 10 threes. I mean, that's unheard of with the way that this team has run. And it's really hard to win games and really hard to be a good offense if you're not getting those shots. And over the last 15 games, nobody has shot the ball worse from three than the Rockets. They're at, I think they are at 31% from three over their, their last, uh, their last 15 games, which again coincides with Kevin Porter Jr. being hurt, but they're also taking the fewest. They're only taking 27. And if you want to, and it's even worse when you go by half. First half, they're taking 12 threes a game in the first half over the last 15 games, and they're only making 26% of those shots. I mean, 12 threes a game would be, I mean, James Harden could get that on his own in the first quarter if he wanted to back in the day. So it's just really hard for them to generate those shots, and those tend to be the the easier shots that you get. So they are, I think they're really going to struggle getting guys open looks down the stretch, and this offense is not going to look very good. They have ways with Shingun. To, to make things a little bit easier for them offensively. But I think it's going to be really hard for them to generate offense. Well, and and then, Adam, I look at the early replacement now, given Kevin Porter Jr. remains out, doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon, don't really have a good sense for that. But it, it, it is true so far that the replacement right now is Jay Sean Tate, who does a lot of great things. We've talked about it at length here on all of the great things that Jay Sean Tate offers to to a team. And, and, and really, I was... I was surprised or I guess shouldn't say surprised because toward the end of the deadline, his name did start to get floated out there a little bit more. But that's the type of player that I feel like a, a winning team would really like to have as, as a as a death piece. But you look at it now with Eric Gordon being gone and Jay Sean Tate, at least for now, especially with Kevin Porter Jr. also being out, like we mentioned, being thrust into the starting lineup and 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 also just having a an increased role in handling the ball and being a guy that helps set up the offense and playing that effective point guard role. And he does not offer that same shooting element that Eric Gordon does. Like he does, he actually offers none. Uh, You'll see oftentimes where they won't even necessarily guard him on the perimeter. And so I guess it stands out to me, Adam, that at the trade deadline, and we know where this team is right now, we understand where they are in the rebuilding phase, but at the trade deadline, they would get rid of ball handling, shooting, and defense in Eric Gordon. And then also, I know Garrison Matthews was just a kind of a fill-in rotational player, but he was also, you know, one of the few guys on the team that could shoot. They shipped him out of here, and they didn't really bring anything in to replace that in terms of any of those elements that I just mentioned. The shooting, the ball handling, the shot creation – uh the the defense that's mainly with Eric Gordon there but also the, you know the shot stuff with with Garrison Matthews like it just looks like a it looks like a team that already was was barely trying or or you could pose some serious questions about how hard it was trying and then it just gave away everything it, just, it gave away a lot of things in, that it did not replace at the deadline well let's just run through their three point shooters all right <laughs> because this is what they're working with right now Jalen yeah, Green is their Jalen Green is their highest volume three point shooter. He's at thirty three percent. Kevin Porter Jr., who is not playing right now, he's their second highest volume three point shooter. He's at thirty four point six. I mean, that's right around league average. Okay, that's one guy. That's right around league average. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. is at thirty percent, and he's taking five a game. And then after that's that, gotta, is- the, the, the the Jabari thing, not to sidetrack, but that's got to 
that that is a little bit concerning for me and we'll talk about players i know throughout the week throughout this episode and throughout the week but that that i feel like right now is something that you would expect to be better somebody that you would well, expect to be contributing a little bit more from three for sure it's an issue uh kj martin's at 33 percent tari easton's at 34.8 percent um he doesn't take very many of them tate's at 29 percent Josh Christopher is at 22%. Ty Ty Washington is at 16%. Dacian Nix is at 31%. I mean, there, there is not a single player. Alperin Shingun doesn't take very many of them, and he's at 32.4%. There is not a single player on the floor right now who, as an opponent, you are worried about beating you from behind the three-point line. I mean, so there is going to be no room to operate in the paint. It doesn't matter who is on the floor uh, until Porter gets back. So they are going to have to figure out it, it's going to be very difficult for them to generate offense, I think. And you saw this last night. You saw this against Miami. Again, those are two really good defensive teams. But it, I just think this is going to be an issue for them moving forward is just putting out some sort of an offense. They're going to have to force a lot of drives uh, in order to try and make this work. And it's going to really rely a lot on Shingun too, making a lot of things happen. But the problem with that is now you're playing pretty slow. When, when you're doing that, when you're playing that way. So uh, it's, uh, you, you kind of said it. I mean, they, they didn't really do anything to help themselves at the deadline. They did nothing to help themselves at the deadline for the final, however many games that are left this season. They just made things a lot tougher uh, on themselves, but it will give an opportunity to other guys who haven't maybe been playing like a Christopher, like a Washington to get that opportunity just to get your feet wet a little bit and just see, especially for somebody like Christopher, who's in his second year, it's an opportunity for him to prove that he belongs on an NBA floor right now. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus do you feel better before we move on? Do you feel better about what you've seen recently from Josh Christopher? We know he had gotten buried in the in the rotation or was buried out of the rotation, wasn't playing for a while. I feel better about him since a few weeks ago when we did the mid midseason awards and him being the most disappointing player uh, that you voted at least. How do you how do you feel? Uh, I guess a couple of weeks after that, about the same. To be honest with you, I uh, just yeah, he, he's done a he's done a pretty good job of getting to the rim which I think is where he kind of needs to live, but it's not like he's, you know, blowing me. You know, he had, he had a big game against Oklahoma city um, on, on February 4th, but they lost the game by 32. You look at what he's done since uh, the two games against Sacramento. um, He wasn't much of a factor. Miami, he was okay again, getting to the rim, but doesn't get to the free throw line very much. Only four free throws attempted in his last four games. Defensively, he's average. You know, he can get you some steals, but doesn't necessarily play well, I don't think, within the scheme of what they're trying to do defensively. 
And then the turnovers too stand out. I mean, he had two turnovers pretty quickly uh, in the game against the six. I think he had two turnovers within his first two or three minutes in the game against the Sixers. And he doesn't shoot it at all. I mean, the three point shooting is pretty alarming where, you know, he's not going to take them, but he's not going to, he's shooting 22% from three. So I just, that's what needs to get better with him. And I think that he knew that needed to get better and he's not good enough on the ball. You know, he's not a good enough playmaker. So if he's not gonna be a good playmaker, then he's got to be able to shoot and he's not shooting. So what, where exactly on the yeah. offensive end of the floor is he, is he helping you? Where, where, yeah. where does that come? So I, it's going to be, it's a big off season for him. I mean, they, they picked up his third year option. I imagine they'll pick up the fourth year option because there's no reason not to, but unless he, he's got to show something this summer and, and he's not going to play summer league, but he's got to show something in the workouts. He's got to show something in training camp. Otherwise it's, it's going to be hard to justify giving him minutes, but he does again, he's got 20 something games left this season to justify his spot on the team, but he's got to show more than what he's shown so far. Yeah, man, the team is just so bad. I don't know if maybe I'm grading on a curve or what, but like all of what you mentioned is valid. I, I just feel like, I feel like the thing that I like about him is the energy that he brings. He does bring in energy that I like, but I mean, back to what you said, like, what does he, what does he do exactly? Like he's not a point guard, but he's not dynamic enough of a score to where like you can, you know, run the offense through him or really count on him to go get you a bucket. Like he can go get you a bucket, but it's not like you can count on him to do it. And so he's just sort of, he's sort of unreliable and hard to pinpoint exactly what he is. He's such a, uh, such an interesting player in that way because you feel like there is a there there like there's something there but you're just kind of waiting for it to reveal itself you know that's kind of where and, i've been with him and it's gonna be hard for him to just like get to the rim because i think that's probably his biggest strength right now because they have nobody to space the floor so the paint's just gonna be choked off so how does he create offense that way you know he can he can still drive but he's going to be driving in the walls. Does he have the ability to kick out to others to help to make, you know, to set up his teammates. And I think that's one area where he's really struggled with. Now he's got, you know, he had two assists last night. He had two assists against Miami. He had five in that game against Oklahoma city. Again, I kind of, you know, I, I take that Oklahoma city game a little bit with a, with a, with a grain of salt, just because of, you know, how lopsided the game was. And, you know, for the most part, you know, nobody was trying in that game, but again, it, it's an opportunity for him these last 20 something games to show that he belongs in an NBA rotation. Um, they struggled offensively when he was on the floor yesterday. I mean, he was one of six yesterday. I mean, that's not, that's not gonna work. And, and he's one of six and he's only taking two threes and he's not getting to the free throw line. He hadn't taken a free throw the last two games. So, I mean, these are the things that, that need to improve for him to show that he should be a guy who should be on the floor a lot. And again, the on-ball defense is pretty good. He can get lost though off the ball. Uh, I pointed out the play uh, against Sacramento. I think it was uh, last Monday where he kind of, you know, he, he could not um, execute just kind of their simple scheme with the help defense. So um, he's got to get better again. It's been a disappointing season for him. But I will say the one thing that Steven Silas has consistently said about him, the attitude remains great. The work ethic remains great. Um, he wants to get better. And he hasn't kind of, you know, you, when you're when you're young and your role really dips from your first year to your second year, you can get down on yourself. You can bring everybody else down. But he but he's, has not been like that. So I think that's a big credit to him that he's shown a lot of maturity through what has not been an easy season for him. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm rooting for him. Like you said, you know, the attitude is great. If by all accounts, the work ethic is great. And again, I like the energy and the effort that I see out there. But again, the kids just got to figure out 
he's got to find some type of niche or something that he that he does that's reliable.